everyone. Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, this good-looking guy zooming in is Mr. Kent Ritter. And Kent is a former corporate guy, management consultant that got into real estate investing in a big way. He's doing some very, very cool things with multifamily investing, specifically focusing on social impact investing, which we'll get into what that, exactly that means in a minute. He runs an amazing podcast called Ritter on Real Estate. Kent, welcome. Oh, thanks so much, Dave. So happy to be here today. So Kent, where are you zooming in from today? That's a lovely backdrop you got going on there. <laughs> I'm amazed it's as quiet as it is because I think you've got a house full of kids. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I sure do. Well, I'm calling in from Indianapolis. So right here in the heart of the Midwest. And yeah, you know, I've got three little ones, a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. So I have very strategically planned my podcasts for when, when they're off at school and daycare. Because otherwise, yeah, I'm in the basement right now. And, and all you hear are the pitter-patter of little feet running around all upstairs. So it's got to be strategic about it. Awesome. Very, very good. So Kent, why don't we start? We want to talk about two things here. Because before we press record here, I was asking what you'd like to focus on. And Two things really popped out for me. First of all is social impact investing. I mean, we've heard of this. We got, It's kind of a buzz term right now. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, really good question. And right, it's such a buzzword right now. I was actually reading, I was reading in the Wall Street Journal how there's so much money out there seeking like, quote unquote, green or social impact investments that companies are just... People are just starting companies and calling them something like that. And they're just getting hundreds of millions of dollars thrown at them because these organizations now have missions to, to invest socially, right? Which I think is, well, which is a good mission, right? But at the same time, some of the ways that it's working out, I don't think really is, is the most going to have the most social impact. Right. But one, th so kind of a side note, what it means to me is that in whatever you're doing, you're making it better than when you found it, right? You're, you're improving whether the world or your neighborhood, or, you know, it can be big or small, but, but you're improving something and making it better for the community, right? And I think that what, what I do and what a lot of us do, which is really what I focus on is buying workforce housing. So apartments that are, you know, where people have an income of family income of maybe between 40 and 60,000 a year. These are people that are largely renters for life. They're renters by necessity, not by choice, right? They're probably lifetime renters. And when, when we're purchasing our buildings, I mean, they're usually 40 or 50 years old and, and fairly run down. They've got deferred maintenance, not the cleanest, not the best living situations. And so I really think that there is a positive social impact in what we do, which is buying those properties, infusing capital in those properties, fixing them up, making them clean, making them safer, you know, putting LED lights in for the parking lots, putting cameras on site so we can see what's going on, right? Setting up, you know, whether it's policing programs or security programs, things like that, making them cleaner, safer, and more modern and, and giving these people a place that I think they can be proud to live in. And, you know, I think that simple thing has an incredibly positive social impact. I think you by changing an apartment community, you can start to change a neighborhood. And, and we're not coming in and, and hoping to kind of kick everybody out and bring a, a new class of tenant in. I mean, when we look at things, we really look at the affordability. And when we're acquiring properties, so 
Housing and urban development in the U.S., uh, they define you being rent burdened if you pay more than 30% of your income to your rent. And so we look at that very closely and say, okay, well, we want to stay well under that 30%. So when we're looking to buy properties, we're looking at that rent to income ratio. I want to find something in kind of the high seven, high teens, low 20s, so that we know that we can come in, we can make our improvements as to improve the community, but we can also increase rents and some fees to add value to our investors because that's why they're investing. That allows us right. to make these improvements, right? But keep it relatively affordable, well under that 30% mark. And if we can do that, then it's a win-win for everybody. And so, so really, I think that does have a positive social impact. And I like to think about it that way. And, and I'm proud that we're able to enhance these communities. So give me an example of one of the properties that you've turned over relatively recently. What did that look like before? What does it look, look like now? And what percentage of the original renters, because I'm just thinking off the top of my head, okay, well, it sounds good. But we got all these people in this crappy old apartment building paying probably below market rents, right? And then you go in, you're going to have to move them to get the property renovated. How many of them actually can afford to come back? How many of them do come back? I can see the benefit of them doing that. But if they're accustomed to paying X amount per month, and then all of a sudden, even though it's still quite affordable, it's it's significantly higher. How are they able to handle that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. So to give you an example of a, of a recent property, you know, we have a property that's outside of Dayton, Ohio. It's 110 units. And it was the, it was really still is the most affordable in the market. I mean, below the market by 150 to $200 from the closest competitor. Right. And along with that, though, I mean, there was a reason it was the lowest in, in the market. It wasn't the best place to live in the market. But we saw an opportunity there to come in and it's very much a blue collar community, very, you know, primary employers would be retail, uh, fast food and manufacturing. And we saw an opportunity though to come in. And when we did our underwriting, I mean, we were only expecting $50 rent bump. So, I mean, it's something that's manageable, right? Yeah, sure. But we were able to come in and we were able to improve the property clean up the landscaping, improve the laundry facility, actually get new laundry machines, actually put air conditioning in the laundry room. There's no air conditioning in the laundry room, which is like, like if you've been in Ohio in the middle of the summer, it's hot and humid. I can't imagine doing laundry in there. So add air conditioning, you know, add new laundry units. They were 20 plus years old. Gosh, what else did we do? We added some external amenities and then really just focused on improving the units you know, some of the folks had lived there for 10, 20, 30 years mm-hmm. had, you know, had never had their, their units renovated. And so, you know, we were able to come in and we were able to renovate those units, even doing some of them occupied. Okay, you know, that's, so, that's so what I was just going to ask is, yeah, how many, how being many able to come in place, and, how did you do that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's certain things that are easier to do occupied, but but with flooring, you can like have them move their stuff to one room and then you do that room, you move them to the other and, you know, but, but come in and just improve the, the property. Other things that we were able to do though, was address issues with the sidewalks where there was multiple places that had just become tripping hazards and grind those down and make those compliant, fix uh, the parking lot, which sorely needed to be repaved. You know, we were, we added cameras to the property for added security that record, you know, and so we can see what's going on and just, you know, and just generally kind of in just 
improve the area and improve the landscaping and kind of give people, you know, a better, better feel for, for where they live and some pride, I think, in where they live. And, and we were able to, to do all that while only increasing the rent about $50 and still stay well under the rest of the competitors in the market. And so, so you, if you do things in the right way and you do things smartly, you can add value without having to, to bump rents significantly. One of the other things that we did was we added fiber optic internet to the property. So that's something we're doing in all of our properties. And that kind of blends in the tech thing that you mentioned, but at running fiber optic internet to the property, which you may, you may think like on a property like that, how, how are you ever, ever going to run fiber optic internet? How do they afford that? Well, we're able to do it at a scale where we can offer it fairly cheaply, way cheaper than they would be able to get with their, their own internet service provider. It's a benefit because it's not an additional financial burden to them. We're actually reducing their overall financial burden, giving them a better product with fiber optic internet, which is better speeds and more stable connection. And they don't have to deal with the cable company. They move in and we flip a switch and, and it's on. It's already wired. And so, you know, we add value in that way too. For you guys as well? Are you charging them for the... Yeah. And, and so that's the win-win is it's a revenue source for us. It's an additional revenue stream. But it's something that people were already paying for. And yeah. so we, what we do is we do a market survey and we come in and we charge. And, and I think on that property, because we knew we wanted to make it affordable and our numbers worked, I think we were $20 under the market for the cheapest internet that was available in the market. But we were also giving like 250 megabits up and down speed. So much faster. So better product, cheaper price, try to make it a no brainer for people. And it's a win-win because it actually lowers their financial burden. It allows us to shift some of that revenue from the cable company over to us. Exactly. So I was just kind of wondering for these kind of properties, in order to, you know, increase the the value of the property, a lot of times that's based on net operating income. But yeah. if you're, you're, you're bumping up the, the rent 50 bucks a month, that's significant, but it's on 110 units, that's that's pretty significant. But compared to what gentrifying that building might look like or something like that, it's not as much there. But if you're doing these kind of different things with adding additional revenue streams, is is that how you're able to bump up the value of the property overall? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I really, I really believe in trying to add like value add amenities or revenue generating amenities and doing that in, in as many ways as we can. I think the, I think the internet is a prime example of that. You know, you can only push rents so much, you right. know, we, we can, we knew if we pushed rents up too close to the competitors, you know, we would start to lose people. So, and, and we wanted to find, we knew that we could come in and we could find a nice balance. We could leave it relatively affordable to the market. I think it is the most affordable in the market, but, but also have opportunities to add other items like, like the internet for example. And lower expenses by making things more efficient as well. Yeah. And we also put a laundry contract in place so that, you know, we, we get revenue from the laundry. You know, previously they had their own units. They were old, outdated, coin operated units. And we, we put a laundry contract in place and therefore we're able to get brand new units that you can operate off of uh, like Bluetooth and cards you know, and, and, and that way we, we get a revenue share, yeah, but also, the maintenance also don't have to deal with it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And get new units for the residents. Wow. That's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's run out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less. 
at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals, and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Now, talk to me a little bit about some of the cool stuff you're doing with technology in your properties these days. Is that something you're pretty excited about as well? Yeah, so I'm happy we already hit on the high-speed internet because that that's kind of the backbone for everything else you want to do. You got to have a good internet connection. And so that adds value to the residents, but also allows us to kind of do what we want to do from a camera standpoint and these other things. One of the things that I think has just been a game changer for the multifamily industry is the ability to have a contactless leasing process. And this is something that we had started working on pre-COVID, but really COVID, I mean, forced everybody to figure out how to do things differently, right? Mm -hmm. And so we implemented a contactless leasing process. And that was like the first use case we wanted to tackle with technology. And it starts with a smart lock, right? The smart lock is like the literal and metaphorical front door for all of this, right? You have to have the smart lock that you can control with you through Bluetooth. There's other systems to control it. I prefer Bluetooth, but you have that smart lock and then you layer software over that that allows you to, to control those locks remotely, right? So it adds management efficiencies that the manager can control access to the property without having to physically be there. It's a benefit for the resident because the resident can now use their phone as a key, right? They don't have to carry keys around if they don't want to. They can also give, you know, access to one-time access to friends and others. And it's a huge benefit for property manager because a lot of people don't know this, but like one of the things property managers spent their most, the most of their time on is rekeying. When keys are lost, property manager, a friend of mine carries a, a rekeying machine around in his truck because he has to wow. do it so often. Right. So we're able to just eliminate the need to do that by being able to just quickly change the code on the lock via an app. And so that saves a ton of time. And then from there, oh, so sorry, is, is that for each door in the whole place or just for the front door? No, no, each door. Yeah, each, yeah, each door. Everybody gets a smart lock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And they're surprisingly inexpensive. You know, I mean, okay, it's one of those things where it can be $200 or it can be $1,200, depending on the grade that you go. But on a C-class property like the one we described, I mean, we put a very basic Schlage deadbolt in. Mm -hmm. It cost about $210. So not a huge upfront capital expense. And then you have the software fees that are ongoing. It's, you know, a dollar, a few dollars a door, but well worth it for the management efficiencies and the benefit for the residents. Mm -hmm. And then... From there, we started layering on additional technology to add additional functionality. So we added a self-guided tour option, which allows people to come and tour on their own time, on their own schedule, without having to physically be with anyone, not having to, to do it on the property manager's schedule and not having to do it when the office is open. We, we can set it all up and it's a really cool product. We set it up so 
you know, you go on the website and you subscribe or you say you want to do a tour, you pick your time. And then before you show up at the property at your time, you get a code to your phone that allows you to access the property. It's a one-time access code to, to go into the property. And then as you go into the property, it's actually a curated tour on your phone that allows people to learn all about the property. And there's geolocation beacons on the property. So for example, a fitness center, there's a geolocation beacon. You walk up to the fitness center and it says, hey, welcome to the fitness center. Here's all the great info about the fitness center. You know, you go to the pool. Hey, here's all the great info about the pool. It, know, it tracks you through the property. And then when you get to the unit and you get to the unit, and then it tells you all about the unit and you can do that on your own. And then you can actually take that all the way through to be able to do a lease, an electronic lease and sign with DocuSign right there. And you can you can sign up and get a lease and heck, you can really even move in without ever having to physically contact a person because then we just give you the code if we really didn't want to, you know, have any in-person contact. So it's it's wow, a really that's, cool that's process. That's a huge game changer. Holy crap. That's yeah, amazing, it, it's been amazing. Uh, it's been huge management efficiencies, but also just, you know, tenants or prospects, people, like it's kind of an awkward thing to be shown around an apartment, and have yeah. someone kind of follow you around while you're looking around. Yeah, you know, like you, it, you can't really talk freely. You can't, it, you know. Exactly. We yeah. found it's a much more pleasant experience for people when they get to do it on their own and they can do it, you know, after work. They don't have to take their lunch break and do it. They can come until eight o'clock at night and they can tour an apartment. Okay. And yeah, the feedback has, has been great from people. Now, I imagine that was already some sort of a process that's already set up that you dialed into or did you kind of come up with with a lot of the moving pieces yourself well no we, we took a best of breed model which means we found the best one in each category and kind of layered them on together right versus there are companies out there that, that will do everything to sell you the lock to sell you all the software but we we wanted to look at okay well we want the best lock we want the best access control we want the best self-guided tour right so on you know the best virtual lease and those things so we so we layered those pieces on top of each other to, to create that system very cool so i'm just wondering like for the self-guided tour who comes up with the scripts who who does all that kind of stuff like that's that's quite a bit of work actually to do that well i would imagine it's like any technology, the devil's in the details, right? There's one thing to just just buy it and implement it, right? There's another thing to really optimize it. And so it, it is extremely important. So who does it? So, so really, I'd say who's your best leasing agent, right? Who sells the property the best? That's the person that you want helping create the script because that script becomes, you know, your best leasing agent, you know, like with their best attitude on their best day, right? Like doing their best pitch. That's exactly what it should become. And so you work with the people that know the property and are good at selling the property. You had, okay, well, what are the selling points, right? What do people really gravitate to? And you highlight those things. But yeah, you definitely are working with, with the folks that know the property best. So is the leasing agent still required? Is this leasing agent still, well, I mean, potentially could make their life infinitely easier. And on the other hand, potentially could put them out of a job. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a little of both likely if this program is at scale, but I look at it differently. I look at it as, look, the more that we can leverage technology to take away the, the mundane, everyday, low, like, 
low complexity tasks, yeah. right? The and the more that we can focus on our highest and best use, right? The more we can focus on what I would say on a community, the more you can focus engaging with the people at your community, the more time you can spend with the people that live there. You know, you're not worried about scheduling. You're not doing all this. You're not rekeying locks, right? You can, you can focus more on building that community as a property manager, focus more on engaging with residents. And, and I think have a more like human, like human centric approach, right? Like, like instead of doing all this, nuts and bolts stuff, you can focus on really creating deep relationships and because that's extremely important on a property. I mean, people will, people will stay places because they, they just, they like the manager, they like management, you know, and, and if you can create a positive experience and you can go above and beyond and you got to have the time to do that because property managers are pulled in a thousand different directions every day. I mean, leasing is one of their jobs, right? They have a hundred others. So the more that we can limit those with technology and allow people to spend time in front of the residents, creating a positive experience, then I think the more successful we're going to be. So that's kind of how I don't look at it as necessarily we're trying to replace staff. Like we don't underwrite, we don't underwrite a reduction in payroll and things when we put in the capital to do those to put locks and things in. I mean, maybe that happens organically over time. We just realize, you know, kind of through attrition, but really what I'm hoping is that there will be just more focus on that resident experience. No, that makes a ton of sense. I tell you what, Kent, time flies when we're having fun. This has been fascinating <laughs> stuff. What you got to come on. Social, yeah. Social impact investing and, and how you implemented technology to just really dial things in. That's absolutely fantastic. If people want to find out more about Kent Ritter and what you're up to, what should they do? Yeah, thanks, Dave. So the easiest way to is go to kentritter.com. That's my home base. You can learn more about me. You can access my podcast, my blog. I've got some beginner investor resources on the site. So very useful, especially if you're just getting started out. You know, and you can also just go directly to anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to my podcast. It's called Ritter on Real Estate. And the tagline is passively invest like a pro. And that's exactly what I, I try to do is try to help people who are, you know, looking to make investments, make the right decisions. Excellent. Ken, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate having me. My pleasure. All right, everybody take care and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.